That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's your boys, JC and Nestlemania. Listen, JC, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am a karaoke king, and I would have done better than all four of those women on SmackDown. Just saying. Oh, Just we, saying. we are going to get to that segment because that was an all-timer, but uh, we don't start with that kind of stuff on this show. We start in the shine, much like... Our girl, Mandy Rose, always in the shine. It is her category because it is the greatest, shiniest thing. And for me, Nestlemania, the shiniest thing for me of the week was the main event of Monday Night Raw. The Women's Tag Team Championship match between Sasha and Bayley and the Kabuki Warriors. I thought this was a really well done match. I thought it was a fun match. I thought the ending sequence was beautiful with Sasha and Kyrie. I could watch those two literally wrestle all day. Sasha and Bayley are obviously on the heater of all heaters. They've been phenomenal on every show. They're carrying the programming. They're making those titles more valuable than any of the titles in the company right now, especially all the tag team titles. It is ridiculous but i thought this match was beautiful i thought it was great and i thought it was a true main event and it felt like a main event for once on raw yeah look i mean they're doing like we i feel like a broken record but they're doing you know they're doing everything they possibly can to make everything great sasha definitely has stepped up her game i don't know if she continues to learn new moves or learn new reversals or just where she has situational awareness is great and Bailey, I don't know if it's just uh you know you're just cooking with gas man you just you feel in the flow you keep moving you keep moving and you know, you're just in that groove, and I think right now they're in that groove, and until something really catastrophic happens, I think that we're going to see this continue, um, especially after Sunday. I think we're going to see it get even worse uh, in terms of the uh, the amount that's going to be on television. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how, obviously, they book that match, and we will have those extreme rule predictions at the end of the show. But on uh, WrestleMania, what else did you like this week? Well, look, you know, there's... I'll be quite frank with you. Uh, my name's you know, not Frank, but I will be frank on this one. I think that uh, there wasn't a lot to be excited about Agree. this week because I think there was not a lot of stuff, especially SmackDown. I don't think I have anything on SmackDown except for AJ Styles' promo, and I wrote, he's fun. That's all I wrote. That's really all I have. Everything else in that show really pissed me off to a certain extent. Um, you know, I, there's certain things on there I'm sure we can go through. I'm sure in the heat. Uh, but quite frankly on Raw, I thought a lot of it was dog shit as well. Although I will say Ric Flair again comes out with an amazing promo. I think backstage with, with the big show, I know the big snore is usually what we're talking about halfway uh, through this program most of the time, but I think Ric Flair again showed his, you know, yes, he's seen an island. Yes, he's nuts, but, uh, given the right circumstance, given the right motive, I thought it was almost an, uh, an all timer promo talking about like, Look, I love you. You're the, you know, he put a mold. Like, that's what you do in a promo. You don't fucking, again, we talk about this in the program all the time. A promo isn't needed to cut somebody down. A promo is to give the, the situation and why that person is dangerous. He did a great job talking about Big Show, his relationship with Big Show. Uh, I know Rick's really not the, the focal point, but, um, you know, Randy Orton had a promo later talking about how it would be a shame if Rick was in the category of an Edge, a Christian, or a Big Show. So it makes you think he may turn on him later because he is the legend killer and Rick obviously is a legend. But I just, I thought that it, um, out of everything that was happening, I thought it was good and I thought it was definitely worth mentioning considering how much we crap on why do they bring Rick Flair back? Why do they bring, you know, they're doing it for obvious reasons to spike ratings or people love Rick Flair and they like to woo. But also I believe that it would serve a purpose here. So I was very excited to, to not be disappointed 
uh, with another Flair promo. Yeah, I really like the pairing of uh, Ric Flair and Randy Orton. It's worked in the past. It still works now. I think he's a nice little hype man for Randy, who obviously is incredible. He had a super hot fire promo, I thought, backstage, and then obviously, like, you know, talking about everything, and then even after, he uh, beat our truth in that very quick match. But I just kind of like having Rick there, because it gives it just a little extra pizzazz, because, you know, some people label Orton uh, boring. I label him more of just methodical, but... I think with Ric Flair, it just gives it a little more, mm, a little more pomp. And uh, I, I like it in the short term. We'll see what it does long term. I don't think it's something they're going to stick with. But, yeah, I, I mean, on a show that was mostly crap, like you said, I thought this really stood out. I love that the angle of Orton saying he respects our truth because and how he's entertained people for so long. And I agree with that. Like, it's amazing that that guy has, you know, found ingenuity with what he does in this comedic act and continue to be really good and be and like a lead at it and be the best and really make something that sucks in the 24 seven title, at least watchable. And I like that, you know, like you said, Orton giving a nod to that, I think was really good too. Obviously you beat him with the RKO. They played the whole thing. I'm not going to disrespect you with the punt, but then he almost did until obviously then the big snore comes out. Yada yada, but next week, WrestleMania, we have an unsanctioned match on Raw. So this kind of made me go, huh? Like, I know that we can't overload a uh, horror show at Extreme Rules. I know we have to, like, keep it under two, two hours or two or three hours, whatever they're doing. And, and it's working for us, I think, in terms of, oh, God, they're not giving us a three hours or four hour pay per view. A lot of these matches, could, you know, especially the PC we've talked about, looks very similar. So I commend them on keeping it light, keeping it real. Um, and keeping it interesting for Raw, I think that uh, if this isn't the end of the show, it'd, it'd be kind of, um, I don't know, I, I, I would hope that it's the end of the show because I think that they have enough of Randy Orton to weave him in and out of the show um, where people will be interested and keep you tuned in. Because if you, honestly, I don't think there's anything else on Raw you could give me right now that wouldn't be rerunish, or at least in the category of close to rerunish. Um, and I think that the only thing that I could consider something brand new would be Randy Orton killing the big show the legend of the big show. So I hope that's at the end. I hope that Randy Orton does beat, you know, definitively the big show. So we can go back to, you know, being on Netflix and collecting his paycheck somewhere else. <laughs> to stay away from my television. And uh, Randy Orton moves on to SummerSlam territory, which I mean, at this point, he's the hottest thing they've got right now. So you got to pile on that as quickly as you can. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that should be the main event of Raw. And I actually like that it's separate from the pay-per-view because for the points you made, like, they're not overloading us with it. And it also gives you something on Raw to look forward to beyond just, like, the fallout of whatever happens on Sunday because sometimes a lot of these tweener cards, like, you don't really get, like, the big moments or matches or whatever. And so then it's like, well, how do you rebuild, especially heading towards SummerSlam? I think it's a good main event. Um, also looking at Raw, other stuff that I'm enjoying is – Nestlemania, I am still loving, loving, loving this MVP Lashley uh, tandem. I know we were upset, obviously, when he lost the title, what they were going to do, but I think they're still finding great ways to make him look like an absolute fucking stud. I don't know where they're going to go with it eventually, but I think MVP is on fire right now. I love him carrying around that title. I love the teases with Cedric. I love them going at it with Ricochet. Like, I just... This is working for me in terms of stuff when I'm looking at a show that mostly sucked. This at least, like, I'm watching, I'm like, okay, this is worth it for me. I'm entertained by it, and I could see something going forward here with these teases. So, for me, it's Shine. Yeah, I would love to see MVP get involved with Ced Roche a little bit more in terms of not necessarily always being with Bobby and the Hurt Business thing. Like, I know business is booming, and, like, big things pop and little things stop. And, like, when he says these things, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. How many fucking things is he going to spew out? But... He did a good job with the Ziggler promo, I think. I think uh, to a certain extent, and we're not going to talk a lot about it, but I thought his, his participation in that was pretty decent. And I thought that I, as much as I don't really care about the WWE Championship right now, uh, this feud, uh, I thought that you know MVP played his part. But I would like to see him after this pay-per-view. If, obviously, I would imagine, and spoiler alert, I'm going to pick Apollo Crews. But I think that uh, I would like to see him pit against, you know, having said Roche kind of break up or have, you know, even the wild card would be, you think it's Cedric, you think it's Cedric, and then it's Ricochet. I know it's probably not going to be that way, but, you know, I think that that'd be a nice little turn. So I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, uh, but uh, don't bore me, because if it gets more rerunny, I'm just going to just 32 exit, because that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him actually, you know, taking on both of them as a tag team. I think it would be interesting because then obviously you have the big guy in Lashley, you have the tag team, and then, you know, who knows, maybe if he does eventually somehow get Apollo down the road, that could be a fun faction whether they do or not. But I don't have much left here for Shine Nestlemania, but on Raw there is one last note. She's on our own. 
against the wall. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's always good to see Bianca Belair back on TV. Everyone's been complaining about it. She debuted pretty much right after Mania. Then she disappeared forever. But she came back this week. And not only WrestleMania did she help her team pick up the win. She broke Ruby Riot's losing streak and defeated the Iconics. So, it's, uh, yeah, it was good to see her. And she's amazing. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, it's not necessarily he to could teeter in if you think so. It was odd to me because this whole thing was Iconics making fun of Ruby, Ruby being annoyed, yada, yada, couldn't find anybody. Weeks, 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 we'll go by. Da, 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 da. She finally gets a partner, and Ruby doesn't even get the pin. Ruby has to celebrate with the person that helped her. So I just felt like Bianca Belair became the front runner in this match that included four people. Yeah, she's to me, supposed to. Like, that was the point, I think. No, I see. See, I think based on the way this was, I would have liked to see Ruby be a little bit more forefronted on it, but. I don't know. I'm not, again, not the worst thing I've seen all week. So you know what? It's not worth divulging into it. It's just it was a, a question on my part of like, okay, well we know the Iconics had to eat crow, but it would have been nice for Bianca to just like let Ruby get the win to get a little bit of her stuff back. That's all. Because I just felt like it was it was all Bianca. Like in the last four minutes of that thing, it was literally all Bianca. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I just think that's how it was supposed to be. I'm sure the plan has been to do a Ruby and Liv thing, but in these uncertain times, I think when people are absent, you know, we can speculate all you want, but there's there's one big guess as to why people aren't around, and I think obviously that can change creative, so they might have had to pull an audible here. We don't know, but uh, I think it was just, it's nice to see Bianca back on television, and here at least it's like, okay, she has some momentum. Where do we go next? They might drop it like they always do, but who the hell knows? Do you have anything mm, else on Raw? Drop it. Do you have anything else on Raw? Huh? Do you have no, anything I have, else? I have nowhere else anywhere. All right. Well, let me put it this way, and you can transition off this if you want. SmackDown was the drizzling shits. But there's one thing, much like I mentioned how I loved Lashley and MVP together, I love The Miz and Morrison together. And I could listen to their fucking dad, corny, stupid jokes all day, like in their segments, The Miz TV. Like, their back and forth, I think, is entertaining because it's scripted enough, but it's they like their delivery. Like, Morrison is just so bland in his delivery. The Miz is The Miz. I think it just works together. Uh, the buddy cop thing, whatever. Like, Jeff Hardy, they did. It was another segment with Jeff Hardy where they're just building towards the Sheamus fight, which last week you were all over the dawn of, so I'm surprised it isn't in your shine again, because it was more of the same, which you seem to love, and it's setting up a bar fight at Extreme Rules between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Is it at Extreme Rules? I don't even know anymore. I I'm, I'm, I oh. would assume so. I can double check when we do the predictions, but I'm pretty sure it is. I, I feel like they're not going to say that it's at Extreme Rules. I think it's like they're just getting a bar fight. But I, I hope I'm wrong. It isn't. Uh, it but, isn't officially on the card, but I would assume that it's going to be. Okay. Well, look. This week was a little weird because it was just. Again, you, you pretty much hit all the points I would have accentuated on, but I think that having Jeff Hardy versus The Miz was kind of like, eh, eh, was what it was. You know, it, it, again, it's it's a very WWE match. It's not. Um, it didn't highlight Jeff Hardy, in my opinion, in the best way possible. Uh, and, you know, of course. Seamus has to be in the distracted video, and of course, I'm gonna hit the fucking heat button because what did he win with? What did he hit? He hit a fucking roll up, <laughs> and then, then get him off my TV. The next match, the very next match. You know what Bailey wins with? A fucking roll up, a roll up, back to back roll up, folks. Not good, bad booking, terrible creative. Just fucking pick a different finish. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, no, I agree. And that Bailey Sasha Bliss Cross match was a rerun uh, on Friday nights, though, uh, to mix it up. But yeah, no, I I agree with that. The match didn't do much for me. That's why I didn't mention it. Um, I just enjoyed the Miz and Morrison part. But yeah, the rest of SmackDown, we've been saying all show WrestleMania, is straight heat, homie. But you know what was the biggest heat? Maybe of 2020. I don't know. But uh, you mentioned it off the top. They did a karaoke segment on SmackDown where not only WrestleMania did they tape this segment, then they edited this segment. They watched back this segment. They still aired this segment. I just was at a loss. Like when I saw it teased, I was like, oh, there's no way this is good. And then I saw it, and it was worse than I ever could have imagined. Well, apparently, I don't know if you saw on Instagram or Twitter, but Naomi said sometimes, we, you know, I think somebody said, I would have preferred watching the four of you wrestle in this bullshit. And she said, yeah, sometimes we have to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and I'm sorry, because it was bad. So at least she acknowledges that it was bad. 
Um, it was weird having, you know, the Uso who's not injured beat Carson Daly. That was bizarre. He did the best he could. Um, but here's, here's, here's my logic. Lacey has a gripe because I thought Lacey sang better than Naomi. So that's a legitimate gripe. And she sang With My Baby Tonight, which was clearly the best selection out of the four. <laughs> uh, Dana, poor fucking Dana. It's like we always joke about in this program, like, you know, then the bell has to ring and we have to have wrestling happen. Basically for Dana Brooke, it's, and then she opened her mouth. You know, like that, that's going to be my new thing. Dana Brooke, and then she opened her mouth. Because when she's in promos, she fucking sucks. When she's singing, she fucking sucks. It's just, it was so bad. And I'm like, and it's the Honky Tonk Band. How do you not love that song? And of course, so Mina's just there doing Tamina things with the, her, her, you know, the, you know, Lemmy thing. And then, so here's my theory. This entire piece of shit promo or piece of shit segment was because Naomi just came out with a music video. So they wanted to accentuate how good she is, not only as a dancer, but a singer, so that when she becomes household name in their mind that they've already kind of planted that fucking shit because she did i think release her music video on social media last week so you know look out for that and i think when i watched it i was like "Ooh, this is ill times because first off i know it doesn't really matter but it was just like they added the dusty song which you know your son is uh, both sons are in aew so i was like yeah that doesn't really ring true you know uh, true and then you know she's like we miss you dusty and they just tailored off, and it kept going. And then I was just like, you could tell that everybody was like, you know when you're just watching a skit on SNL, and it should just stop, but it keeps going? And it's just like they pan out before they go to commercial break. That's what I felt like I was watching. Like, nobody in the crowd in the plexiglass gave a fuck about this segment. Uh, it just, it, it translated into Lacey and a random, now she's a switch into a, you know, a heel, which again is her wheelhouse. But it's like, I'm going to turn heel because I lost a karaoke match or a karaoke segment. Get the fuck out of here. You know, like, honestly, like her selection could have been any better. Clearly, they had to use WWE songs. I would have preferred something different in general. But uh, this segment to me, I have to tell you, you and TJ are the keepers of the knockers. Uh, this to me is, is definitely up there as worst segment of the year. Yeah, so. no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, I just said this was... There, like, there are better ways to get Naomi uh, over, and especially now, it's like, this is a segment that you would have seen maybe 10, 15 years ago in WWE with the woman, and it would be like, this would be the standard, complete throwaway, and the fact that this uh, came out of nowhere, and it's also like, if I'm looking at the people in it, like, th- like you said, Lacey, if this is how they flip her back to heel, that would be a disappointment, because that could really be special if they do that. Dana Brooke, like, it just, I... Yeah, I have nothing to add there. And then Tamina, you've been building as this big monster. Then you put her as a fucking goofball with the, the Triple H song. It's like, what are we even doing with here? This did a disservice to everyone. Next time, if you want to do something like this, give Lacey Evans a talk show. Find a way to fucking name it like the Nasty Minute or something. I don't know. I think she'd be a fine host. Have her sipping her fucking tea, interviewing Naomi, then they can fight. Like, go back to your standard way because this, like, they tried it and it just wasn't good. Throw it out. I never want to see it again. Well, this brings a question. Could there have been a song that they would have anybody would have sang that it was pop to? Because I honestly think about it, I'm like, there's not one WWE song I think that they could have played that would have made me go, yeah, that's great, that's wonderful, that's a good segment right there. You probably, know, probably not with these four because it made no sense. You know, it'd have to be in okay. a few that would make more sense. Like it, whether it's the only time maybe if someone like a musical act is like Elias, maybe if it was someone feuding with him or something. I just I don't with this this was just came completely out of left field. It was out of nowhere. Naomi hasn't even been on TV. The other ones are so on and off TV. It's hard to keep track of, and it just it it just I don't think they could have done any song choice or anything to make this segment better. Just Kurt Angle did sexy Kurt, and that's what's on an all time great. So I think depending on the situation, you could have done this differently. And had a better result than what we got. I mean, obviously, this is the dog shit. This is like below your shoe gum on your shoe kind of thing. Um, so, I don't know. Like, for me, like, when I do karaoke, I, you know, I stay in my wheelhouse between Britney Spears and, uh, you know, maybe some Freddie Mercury. But, uh, I don't know. I guess you were doing karaoke, JC. Would you even bother to do a WWE theme? Uh, I mean, maybe the Shawn Michaels song if I was really drunk. Because I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy, you know. But... Beyond that, probably not, because a lot of them like aren't really lyricy as much. It's more of you know the beat. But 
You never know. You know, it, it, it depends. Like much like this segment, it would it would depend on the situation. You know, could I see myself trying to rap to the Snoop Dogg uh, Sasha Banks song? Sure, but again, I, I it would have to be the right time and place. Understandable. Well, we've talked more about this than I thought we were going to, so let's move on. Well, let's move on to, uh, there was a tag team championship match. Yes, SmackDown actually has tag team titles on SmackDown. The New Day retained against Naka Cesaro, but yet Naka Cesaro attacked them after the match, meaning they will fight again. This division is the coldest division in WWE, and it is not close. The Revival left, and they left a fucking dust ball going across the road. Well, you look. I mean, I think that ended. It felt like it ended in a DQ. I don't even fucking know. Like, I don't even. I, then they pick him up and they slam him through a fucking table, and then they just stand there like, "Yeah, we showed you." But what did you show me? Nothing. Nothing changed. You lost or you didn't win. So what the fuck? Like, it doesn't matter. And then you're just sitting there, you know, posing at the end of the show because the heels got to stand strong. But I, I, I say this with a lot of heavy heart. Does anybody really take Cesaro and Nakamura seriously as a tag team? No. Like, do you really look at that as a credible threat? No. The best part of that faction was Sami Zayn. He's not there. So now they're literally just like leftovers. And it's a shame because obviously we both, they're both incredible performers. But, God, they're just like, this is just, it's not, it just doesn't work. Put them with Corbin or something. At least give them a mouthpiece, you know? Well, look, it's not going to work, and it's going to continue to just be sitting there treading water. And I'd be shocked if they gave him the tag belt, because then it would even be colder. It'd be frozen, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't. This division has no direction, so I just, I can't even speculate. You know, it's just, it's trash. I don't Throw it in the trash, man. Well, the forgotten sons are forgotten. Heavy machinery is taking a break. They might have, you know, need. Maybe they need to stay home and be safe. I don't know. Like, there's literally no tag teams on SmackDown. There's Lucha House Party. Remember when they were there's getting pushed for no, two weeks? There's literally no fucking tag teams on SmackDown. Oh, then my not, original statement. Miz and Morrison have been used in like the main event to feed to Braun and now to Jeff Hardy. So you know, it just is. Yeah, it's 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 again. It's another reason why there's no reason for two uh, sets of tag belts on Raw and SmackDown. It should much like the, they should take a note from the women's and see how successful Sasha and Bailey have been and be like, we should do that with the men's. And I think it would work a lot better. But that's just me. Yeah, well, look, I mean. Look, it's a tag tag division, and they don't have enough tag teams right now. So, you know, of course, people are saying, "Oh, you know, this this area of time is, is going to make people stay home," which is fine. But again, we'll see what happens. I, I just uh, I would prefer that they'd even go further and put the NXT tag titles uh, in there with the WWE tag titles. But I have three brands because honestly, the tag division would be super strong if it went three shows, in my opinion. I wouldn't mind that. I just, I think it, I think like we saw with the women's titles for a long time that NXT would just get forgotten. And I think I wouldn't mind them combining like NXT and NXT UK, which they pretty much have, but just have one set of belts for like the NXT, two NXT brands and one set of belts for the main roster. That'd be good enough for me because it just, it'd be a huge step because it cut them in half. Yeah. Okay. What else you got this week? Because there's uh, there's more bad. Oh, there's plenty of bad. Get ready. It's it's all over the bad. I don't even think there's anything else on SmackDown we could even allude to. Yeah, let's to. leave that show in the it. rear view, much like Naomi's finisher. Yeah, seriously. Uh, okay. Uh, Charlie now loves Ivar. That's a full fucking thing. I, you know, I just, I, I'm not looking forward to Angel Garza versus uh, I, Ivar in a Charlie on a pole match or, or Charlie. Like, what the fuck is that going to be? Like, I was watching it going, oh, they brought the joke back. Oh, great. This is wonderful. Uh, great. I love how I love how the Viking Raiders became the fucking Panty Raiders. Like they, they just they are so fucking yuck yuck. It, Did you it, just call it, them the Panty Raiders? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's what they are. They're just like they're they're the they're the Animal House fucking if if Animal from the Muppets was a fucking real person, it would be the Viking Raiders. That's exactly who he'd be. It makes no sense to me. But it's like, it's like, you made fun of my friends, the Street Profits, and we we can beat you. It's just like, and then, of course, it goes to Charlie making googly eyes at Ivar. Like, the, the disconnect through what I'm watching is, like, somebody gets paid for this. I would gladly do this for free because I love watching it. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where you have so much passion. Again, it's, it's obviously what's on the other, you know, they say shoes on the other foot when you're watching it. It's different. But... God damn it. Like, I watched a lot of this, and we'll probably talk about it more, but, like, 
the eye for the eye stuff, if we translate into that too, like some of this shit is just so fucking terrible that I just, I can't. Like I just, the Ivar shit bothered me. It was an elimination tag match, which I know you love so much. I didn't even um, know it was elimination. I fast-forwarded that thing so quickly, 32X all the way through. No, no idea it was elimination. Cien was the team player. Like For the actual match, it was fine. Like It, it had a purpose of the, uh, the, the elimination tag of Cien trying to like play nice and, and do well and like make Angel Garza look good, which, again, made perfect sense. But... That's the extent of it, and it didn't really, really do much for me in terms of all that shit. We already talked about MVP, Shed Roche bullshit. Uh, so me, like, let's just get into the meat and potatoes of it, in my opinion. The eye for the eye. Rollins comes out and fucking cuts the promo. Talk about eye for an eye, Boring. eye for an eye, eye for an eye. I know our boy Danny's sitting there going, come on, guys, come on, don't do that. But It was look, trash. This, 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 it was trash. And then, then here's the part that drove me fucking Bubba Bananas, as Bubba Bananas, is just, I just... You know, like, you hit home the whole thing with KO. KO versus Seth, rerun, again, is what it is. I was okay with that, though. At least they built that last week until it made sense. It was all the unnecessary bullshit with Murphy and Aleister Black and the Toulon-Seth promo that really was the stuff that I didn't enjoy. So here's here's what I don't understand. So Murphy and Buddy, sorry, Murphy and Buddy, (laughs) Murphy and Aleister Black, have an advertised match. I think they advertised KO versus Seth Rollins on Twitter, but it wasn't like advertised on the show, I don't believe. If it was, whatever. So you have the match with KO and Seth Rollins. Sorry, you have a promo between KO and Seth Rollins. They yak, yak, yak. Why couldn't they just have the match right then and there? But instead, they have Buddy come out and try to do a two-on-one, and then Aleister Black comes out to stop him. Then we go to commercial break, and now we have Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. What the fuck was that, right? So we're... Then, you know, Murphy loses because, you know, it is what it is. And That was a rerun, by the way. We've seen that match about 30 times. It was great once, and now they just run it into the ground. Right, so that happens. And then, so here's the thing that fucking bothers me. Like, okay, so now we have KO versus Seth Rollins, and he tries to escape, and all the baby faces surround the ring. So he's in, like, a lumberjackish match where they just try to stop him every time he tries to leave, which, again, in theory makes perfect sense, but it just seemed odd to me. Like, I wasn't buying it. And then, here's the coup de, the coup de grace, is Seth Rollins loses because of the tactics by the babyfaces that were not babyface tactics. Like, they lose, and then they just, they, they sorry, they win, but it's just, it's like, it was such a heel thing to do. Like, they cheated to help KO win, and it was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, we're ganging up on somebody, which is clearly a heel tactic, and then we're making sure he loses, which, again, you would assume that the comeuppance would need to happen at the pay-per-view, not a KO getting the, 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 the victory here. Like, it just, it's so ass-backwards. Like, Dominic and Mysterio didn't need to be out there, in my opinion, but because Seth Rollins can't lose a fucking match clean because it's, you know, terrible. It just, I just, I didn't get it. Like, I, the whole thing seems odd. Like, I don't know who the baby faces or the heels are. Why Alistair Black marches in and out of these things is beyond me. And it's just more of the bullshit and the same. And it's like, okay, Seth Rollins lost. Will Seth Rollins lose again? Who knows? Like, it just, probably not. You know, like, I kind of wanted to see him lose and have his eye ripped out. Because I thought it'd be a cool, interesting thing for him to, to have done to him. But if, if it's just Rey Mysterio and a way to write Mysterio off television for a while... I really don't give a fuck. Because then what do you do with Dominic? He's clearly not going to be on Well, television. WrestleMania, all these questions you have, I'm going to answer in my hope and moments. So uh, don't you worry about that. I got away because, you know, my thoughts on all this bullshit is kind of what I've been saying literally for about a month now. Until it is Seth Rollins one-on-one with Mysterio or Seth Rollins versus Dominic, I don't give a fuck anymore. And it's all just been filler. On Sunday, we're getting Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio finally. And I have a hope to spell out how that match is going to be awesome. And then going forward... I have a plan as well. So you know what? I can answer all your questions, Detective. Don't you worry. I did my homework this week. Ooh. You like that? Wow. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I a, do. That was a creepy I do. Good thing we're not Ooh, on camera. People would be like, ugh. What, they'd be creeped out by me? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. People love me. I'm fun. Yeah, maybe. 
sometimes. I think that's pretty much everything that I'd want to talk about on this program, unless you have something else. Yeah, no, I got jack shit. You want to go to the Hope? Let's get hopeful. Glorious! You are my only hope. And you know what, WrestleMania? I teased it. So look at that, guys. I teased it, and you're going to get it right away. So on Sunday at Extreme Rules, you have Rebuyaka Buyaka 619 Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in the eye for an eye match, which the only way to win the match is to physically remove the eye out of your opponent. So uh, obviously this is going to have some treatment to it. There's going to be some CGI shit because, uh, you know, I feel like they might have a lawsuit on their hands if they actually did it for real. But you know what? I hope it looks cool. That can be part of the hope because uh, there's a way to make this like cool and not corny. But you know what? I have a twist for you because obviously I think this match will actually be good. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio are both incredible at what they do. They're two of the best. It should be a banner of a match. But you know what? Every banner has to end, and there has to be a finish after the bane. So, how is it going to happen? Whose eye will be removed? Well, the obvious thing would be like, oh, Ray rips out Seth's eye, or Seth rips out Ray's eye. What if, Nestlemania, the Dominic factor finally comes into play? We've been waiting and waiting for him to actually make an impact, besides just being like scenery and like your favorite promo in WWE. But what if Dominic is about to remove Seth Rollins' eye, but then turns on his dad and rips out his own father's eye and presents it to Seth on one knee. Not only does Seth win the match, not only does Rey Mysterio lose an eye, but Seth gains another disciple finally in Dominic. And then going forward, suddenly, if, it, if Rey Mysterio is gone, that's fine, because now you have Seth Rollins not only with Buddy Murphy, not only with Austin Theory when he returns, but also with Dominic as a third disciple. And you know what? You could make Dominic fucking weird. You could make him so weird so he doesn't have to talk. He can just follow Seth. Maybe he wears a hood. But around his neck is like a little locket that contains his father's eye as a constant reminder of his fealty to his messiah, Seth Rollins. I think that would be interesting. It would be fucking weird. But it would be something different and unique that uh, they definitely get their YouTube views. They definitely get their clicks. And uh, it would be very intriguing to see what they do with it going forward. So hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Wow, you like that? That was that was uh, dark. Yeah, like darker than my dark theme on Twitter, or dark <laughs> was a dark mode on my Facebook. That was dark. That was really dark. I don't, I don't know. I uh, I really don't want Dominic on my TV, but it's good. It's 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 nice. Hey, I um, saved you from promos though. He just be like background, you know. So here's my thing is. Is Seth Rollins just a collector of shitty people on the mic? I mean, is that really what I mean, that, isn't that the whole point of a stable? You put a bunch of guys who can't talk or can't talk yet with a guy who can talk and let him carry the load, and then maybe eventually someone breaks out because they learn to talk? I don't know. I mean, that's the hope, but I mean, who besides, I mean, Buddy can't talk. Yeah. Austin Theory shouldn't talk right now. Obviously. But again, we're talking about Austin Theory and Dominic, who if uh, we were ranking top prospects uh, on the Baseball Prospectus 100 for WWE, uh, would given those two guys youth and uh, potential ability, I think they'd be pretty high in the prospectus. So you'd want to kind of tag them with to someone like Seth Rollins to let them develop, you know? Yeah. Yeah? Huh? Sure. Yeah, there you go. But don't talk baseball about this program. It's Fuck baseball. Program. I hope that sport fails and never comes back. Delete it forever. There it is. Yep. There it is. There it is. That's what I want to hear. My hope this week is about something that I didn't think I'd talk about in this program, but I'm going to talk about, is that I really enjoy most of the time the Jeff Hardy and Sheamus stuff. This week, not so much. However, I do believe that when the firefight occurs, I want this to be something that is, again, production heavy production value everything that i would imagine them to put towards if they're going to put people on a fucking swamp they're going to put the greatest match ever they're going to do all these fucking little hobnobbing and you know fun house things and a fucking boneyard the least they could do is give jeff hardy a proper fucking you know place to go swan diving off of to be like at a bar that's like you know two stories and he goes up to the balcony off a bar and lands through a table on sheamus it's full of alcohol, like, go the whole route here. Like, maybe you put, you know, alcohol in his, or not real alcohol, but, I mean, you put, like, you know, you make it look like it's alcohol, and it's, on, you know, on Jeff Hardy and, and all sorts of bullshit. Like, you got, like, because you look at Seamus, you go, like, that's the guy you don't want to have in a bar fight, right? So, I mean, clearly, that, it seems like something that would be up their alley. And Jeff Hardy, based on the symbolism of, of it all, has to overcome 
you know, famous. So in the in the hometown advantage, the bar should should technically go to you know Jeff Hardy because he's an alcoholic or was. However, Seamus had set the bar, and looks like he likes the bar, so maybe he has the advantage. So I think, if done correctly, my hope would be that this thing gets 15 to 20 minutes whenever it's shown, whether it's at in a horror show or if it's on SmackDown. I think this could be a filler in a way that I think, again, it's a C-plus storyline that a lot of people are rolling their eyes at. But again, I think if done correctly, it's not going to be as bad as a karaoke. It's not going to be bad as other things that we've seen. And I think that um, overcoming your odds in a bar fight to me would be interesting, especially since everybody that considers that they, oh, this is going to be dog shit, they're the same fucking people during the Attitude Era that would probably have their fucking pants off when they had the APA beat everybody in a fucking hardcore title match, you know, or if they're at a bar or on location doing something fucking screwy and funny. Like, it's the same fucking premise and, and principles here. So I think that it would be interesting to me to see that, they take their time with this. They do it right. Hopefully they don't rush it. Hopefully it's not stupid. And I hope that they don't embarrass Jeff Hardy anymore. Like, it just, like, let's let's move on. Let's evolve the storyline. Like, yes, it's a big part of it, a big chunk of it. But if this should be, a, you know, a, a checkpoint, an end of a chapter to something else that can launch Jeff Hardy further to something else, maybe Seamus to something else, or if they're going to continue with each other to another reason to continue fighting. Uh, because I think it, it served its purpose. But if it never really becomes a point of Jeff Hardy overcoming, then what the fuck are we doing? So that's my hope. Give it time. Do it right. And I think it could be done real well. And I think we'd be sitting here saying it could potentially be. And this is the part where everybody rolls their eyes because I say something positive, which means eventually it'll become negative, is that it could be potentially a really good segment that we could talk about for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm excited for it, honestly. When I heard this, I was like, that's intriguing. Obviously, there's real-life concerns with Jeff Hardy with stuff like this because anytime you know you tease someone who's dealt with these, it's not, it's not always in the best interest. But I think if done correctly and they're safe about it and they're smart about it, I think it could be a really memorable fight because we know that Sheamus always gives a million and ten percent. So does Jeff Hardy. So I think they could really do something special. So I'm with you, Nestlemania. I am hopeful it'll be good, too. Should we get to the yeah. comeback? Wow. Yeah. Let's give him a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for not super long, but Nestlemania. It is time to bask in his glory. I'm going to NXT for my comeback this week, and it is the new NXT champion who won the winner-take-all match against Adam Cole last Wednesday. It is Keith Lee, who, baby, sorry, Adam, the new double champion. And Nestlemania, all I could think of when I watched this match, I didn't watch it till uh, Sunday night because I was away this weekend, so I had to catch up on everything on Sunday night. But uh, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun. And all I could watch the entire time, and then when the confetti came down, I'm like, Keith Lee really is the future of this company. Like, Keith Lee is a guy who could be that transcendent star because he's so freaking likable. He's so freaking good. He's larger than life. He stands out. Like, that entrance they did with him walking backstage I thought looked dope. I think they should continue to do it, but... This man, Nestlemania, luckily I don't carry a curse like you, so you stay away. But I think Keith Lee could really be that next generational type star once he moves on from NXT. He already is, I think, a great star. But once he gets to that big spotlight, I could see Keith Lee, Roman Reigns, main event of Wrestlemania. Sign me the fuck up, brother. Okay. Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, Wrestlemania the next year? Sign me the fuck up, brother. What did what did uh, what did Rock say at the Rumble? He said uh, he said that's look a big boy. Look at what look a big, big boy. boy. Big yeah. motherfucker. Big motherfucker. Great stud. Yeah. Look, I'm not gonna piss all over NXT just because TJ is listening. But uh, look, I was I was happy to see Keith Lee win. I was kind of hoping that the, the the picture was not what was the outcome because I think that I hate when people spoil shit all the time. Uh, but. I don't know, like, I was I was happy to see that uh, they, they cut to the up top and you see Karrion Cross like, laughing about it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that seems interesting, like, leaving it open-ended. And, yes, it's, like, the momentary celebration, but also, like, tomorrow there's work to do, guys. It's like, like the end of a Marvel film. A, you know, you get the boss tease at the yeah. end. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I didn't mind that at all. I really hope that they don't just give the championship to Karrion Cross very quickly. I hope that they've give Keith Lee a little bit of a run here or please don't destroy Kieran Cross either. Like, I mean, I think that that guy is going to be special in his own way as well. But, uh, I think that it's going to be interesting. And you know, the one thing that threw me off was like, 
because it's, it's edited, it was just weird from like showing the replay and then all of a sudden all these like little boxes of fireworks were going off, which like threw me off completely because we're so used to the like, you know, WWE fucking pyromania kind of thing. But obviously at full sale, you can't have that. It was just bizarre to me, but it was like a great presentation. Like the match to me was good. It wasn't necessarily the, and this is where TJ is going to get fucking mad, but it was good. But it, to me, it, it's the indie-rific, you know, everybody does their own finish, kick out of it at two and three quarters kind of thing, which we've seen every time, and 45 super kicks, and then all this shit. But, like, I was happy to see that Keith Lee, like, won, and then he, like, stayed there for a second to be like, yes, fuck yes, I did it. Like, to me, that's better than rolling out or, or you know, parading around, running around like a buffoon. Like, he took a second to, like, be emotional about it. So, like, to me, that was, like, a genuine reaction. So I think that's fun when you get that genuine reaction from working hard and knowing that this was, like, a big deal for him. Uh, obviously, I think Mia Yim came out after the camera stopped rolling and Dijak, so that was cool. Um, you could tell that it really mattered, and, and like Triple H said, like it's hard to tell when it's time to like you know really give the next champion uh, a, a go. Um, but he thought this was the right time, and I think it was. I think that um, you know Adam Cole could basically do as much as he has already done. He did a fantastic job, but there really wasn't much to do for the NXT Championship that he could do anymore. And I think that. The one thing that I'm curious to see, and I think this is what TJ is going to really hate me for saying this, I think for the longest time, the NXT title has been about the workers and how good they are. And most of the time, the workers have been smaller dudes. You know, the Garganos, and oh my God, he said he was good, I know. The Champas, uh, you know, uh, Adam Cole, they're all smaller guys, uh, you know, that are, are working these, you know, main event shows. Um, but the realization is here, folks, is that with Keith Lee, Kieran Cross, all these other big dudes that are going to be coming up, it's going to be more WWE Raw SmackDown feel where the big guys are in the heavyweight division. Now, I know you've called me a side shamer, but I, I don't know if you feel this, uh, this shift happening, JC, but I think NXT is going to take a, a seismic shift, no pun intended, into heavyweight feel. And uh, a lot of guys are going to be left kind of in the middle of the card in their thumbs or just having amazing matches instead of having quality things that mean anything in the storyline. So that's my fear. Well, the way I look at it, I think this feud in particular, if we're talking about Lee and Cross, absolutely, because they're two big guys. But as we've seen, Keith Lee is the reason why I call him transcendent is that he is a big boy, but he does all the little guy things, but with extreme power. And it's just, he's so unique. And obviously we've seen from the little I've seen of Cross and WWE. And then if you've seen him in other promotions, like he can move pretty well too. So I don't think it'll be your stereotypical, like Braun Strowman versus fucking big show. We're not getting like that far, but yeah, no, I think that, I mean, the big, certainly right now in this feud, it will be, but I longevity wise, I don't know if it'll stay that way. I think those guys will be fine. Cause I think Keith Lee could easily wrestle a Finn Balor. Who's another small, guy Keith Lee could easily wrestle a Tommaso Ciampa and so forth but I think for this feud yeah sure I think you're right but I would say that um, this match is probably going to be held for whenever the next big takeover is and whoever doesn't win that match will probably be up on the main roster pretty quickly um, and I would also say that I think Adam Cole's time in NXT might be coming to an end as well. I must, maybe he'll take a bunch of time off, you know, going out with his uh, wife in her little uh, protective bubble there on AEW. And uh, maybe the next time we see him might be on Raw or SmackDown. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's my take. Who's your comeback? Well, my, co- my comeback this week goes to Shayna Baszler because I did not expect her to come out. And clearly all the dirt serves uh, dirty, dirty, dirt shirt. Excuse me. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Old, dirty, dirt sheets have said that uh, Sheena Baszler, you know, hated by Vince McMahon and all this. Which very well, you know, very well could be true. But uh, she came out and Tazawa uh, didn't want none. <laughs> didn't want none. And then the ninjas just got some and got fucked up. So uh, and then she cut a promo, which again, to me, not bad. She did a good job. It was a good uh, old school job. promo. Yeah, it was good. And I think that, again, like, if she can find a way to be more interesting in-ring, which, again, is the only thing we can kind of harp on her, is, like, yes, I know she doesn't look like a typical person. I get that. Like, she's, she's not a typical diva look, or she's not the typical athletic woman that they have nowadays. But she's different. But I think different is good. And I think that she's, she's – I think certain people, like, you know, Triple H understand it. Shawn Michaels probably understand it. But I think Vince McMahon looks at her and goes, I don't get it. And I, and I think that it's an old, like – it's a past look. It's not like he understands how to, how to, what a new, what a new woman uh, looks like at this point. You know what I mean? I think he likes 
pretty women. She's not pretty. She's gritty. She's just she's just down and dirty, going to hurt you. And I think that that's like there's no finesse with her. She's just she's a brawler. And I think that if they put her in positions to make her look devastating, like beating up four ninjas or putting her in a steel cage match or putting maybe even making her in a match where she's in an MMA cage, stuff like that to prove how good she is. Just instead of doing the, you know, the submission magician bullshit for a while, just have her knock fucking people out. Because to me, we've always said in this program, like, tap or snap or sleep or whatever the fuck they say. Like, nobody gets a boner out of somebody tapping out. People get boners when they can chant one, two, three when the fucking pin happens. Or somebody, you know, goes through a fucking table, you know, kaboom. Or if you knock somebody out, it's like, oh, shit, didn't see that coming. Shayna Baszler has to knock people out she's an MMA fighter. Having her tap people out or, or hurting them doesn't necessarily mean that I'm excited about it. You knock somebody out, like if you knock a Nia Jax out, or you knock out a Charlotte, or you knock out anybody that's worth a damn, you know, that I that I will get behind because I think that she needs a, uh, a fresh coat of paint. She needs a fresh restart here, and I think I'm excited for it. So my comeback is Shayna Baszler, Queen of Spades, hoping and praying that they don't fuck this up even more. Hear me out. There was one flaw, because I, I, again, I loved all that too. But here's, you got to hear me out before uh, you jump on this. Shayna Baszler should have won the 24-7 title. And here's why. Unless if the plan is for her to immediately face, like, Asuka or whoever at SummerSlam, it's like, what is Shayna Baszler going to be doing these next few months that's going to be interesting? Why not just have her, like you just said, be a fucking wrecking machine, holding that fucking title, just holding off any of these nitwits who try to attack her backstage and she obliterates him. Or she goes in the rain and just obliterates everyone. Because here's the thing, it's like you said, Shayna Baszler, she's never going to be a 20-minute match that I want to see. But Shayna Baszler go out there fucking squashing people and beating the piss out of people or in street fights, or like you said, in cage i want to see that so why not in the short term let her carry around that fucking green title and just beat the living fuck out of everyone our truth is amazing what he's done is amazing but why not finally mix it up and i think it would do a lot of good things for baszler because that's always a short segment title she could just literally run train on everyone men women ninjas it doesn't matter until she is ready to then challenge for the title and then you do more of the regular build but i think in the meantime it would give a reason for her to be on tv every week it would be a way to just slowly build her up kind of like they did with lashley in a different way just slowly build him up into this monster that we know he could be but they had to take time to do it i think basler they have to go a similar mold and just slowly build her up and i think her just fucking mauling people with the 24 7 title would be awesome I don't hate it. Yeah, see? I think it would be good. They should have done it. That's the only flaw, I think, from that segment, is that she should have walked away with that green title and it would have been perfect. Because besides that, I loved it. Okay. Should we finish? I know. Look at this. We're coming up with a bunch of ideas for WWE Creative today. I hope they're listening. But we're going to get to the finish down WrestleMania because we got a lot of predictions to do. Oh, boy. So um, we're going to socialize the pod in a minute. uh, And we're also going to get to Fight for the Fallen on... uh, AEW, we're going to talk about Shirai Knox and NXT, and we're going to get to Extreme Rules predictions, but before I socialize the pod, we do have two big matches, one on SmackDown, one on Raw. Styles and Riddle, the IC title match on Friday. Uh, how do you think this one plays out? AJ Styles wins with Baron Corbin interfering. Like it. Sounds like that's exactly how it will go. On Raw, Orton Big Show on Sanction Match. I'm assuming this is going to be an Orton showcase before he potentially moves up the card uh, for SummerSlam, but uh, what do you think? I hope he punts the big show in five seconds and we're done. All right. I like it. Any time I get the punt, I like it. Uh, you know what else I like is when you give us five stars or five flames on iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Like, subscribe, download. We appreciate it. Tell your friends. But, yeah, the five stars go a long way. Leave us a nice review. would be preferable. But if you want to give us five stars and be like, these two guys are fucking knuckleheads, Go for it. That wouldn't bother me either. Uh, Jobberknocker.com. That's our website. You can find all those links, of course. But also, we got great articles, especially on the weekly. Our boys TJ and Joe doing NXT and AEW uh, coverage every single week. It's great stuff. Uh, also, when NXT UK and NWA Power return, we will have you covered on that as well. Also, be on the lookout for special predictions and or excuse me, special articles, as well as predictions. The entire staff's Extreme Rules predictions will be up uh, Friday night to Saturday morning. So if they add matches and we don't pick them here on the show, you can check to see who we got on the website. Twitter at Javanocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal B. Cox, Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because Nestlemania, we are everywhere you want to be on... Social fucking media. There you go.
Woo! All right, I'm going to catch my breath for a minute, and then I'm going to go Nestlemania, NXT this week. Women's title match, Io Shirai versus Tegan Knox. Who you got? I want Io Shirai to never lose. I mean, she is just wonderful. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. I'm excited for this match because, as you might know, these are like my two, fa- two of my favorite women. Look, I mean, I don't know if you know if you watch New Japan, but apparently Evil is her fiancé, and uh, he just became the Intercontinental and, uh, and uh, the IWGP. Ugh world champion so he's a double champion as well so that man is just raking in all sorts of good luck uh so you know that family is draped in gold right now so congratulations to all of them and Io Shirai should always have championships and cut promos upside down next to her championship just saying yeah um uh, that was a big hit it seemed like on the internet so i'd expect that to continue we're going to jump to the other show uh this wednesday AEW is doing fight for the fall and i believe it's uh only one night this card i'll be honest is uh very, 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 very trash, but uh, we'll run through it very quickly here, and I'm seeing that there's a tag team match between the Nightmare Sisters, which apparently is that they have Allie and Brandy Lo- Rhodes taking on TBA, Nestlemania. Does this tag team excite you? No. Okay, yeah, me either. Uh, I'm assuming they'll win, though. Next up, we have a, oh, your favorite, a six-man tag match between the Elite... Uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson against Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stun. Who you got and do you care? Don't care. Give me Omega because Omega don't lose. I agree with that. Uh, he literally uh, gets has a bigger winning percentage than Roman Reigns, but no one bitches about it. Uh, next up, tag team match. FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood take on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix. This is probably the best match on the card and probably going to be really good. Not much stakes with it, but I'm excited to see it. But you know what, Nestlemania? Give me FTR. Say yeah. Listen, can we even say yeah anymore? Is that a thing? I just did. I'm allowed to do it. I don't know if they can, but they ain't going to sue me. So I, I was going to say, are we going to get a cease and desist over saying yeah? Not with all the good ideas I we gave not. them this show. I mean, maybe they should say yeah because we did a good job on this program. I'm just saying, listen, if it's not FTR, I'd be fucking, I'd be shocked because, I mean, you know, Lucha House Party, not Lucha House, excuse me, Lucha Brothers, wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus, what an insult. Excuse me, excuse me. Let me retract that statement and be apologetic. The Lucha Bros are way better. Uh, they just returned, uh, so I don't think their momentum is there yet, and I think FTR needs to continue to keep their momentum going, especially if they're going to eventually, you know, beat the Young Bucks down the road. So it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, FTR all the way. Uh, next up, we have two championship matches. The first is the AEW TNT Championship. Cody with Arn Anderson will defend against Sonny Kiss. So a lot of people uh, that are terrible human beings have a problem with this match, so I'm going to go tell you to go fuck yourself based on the uh, bigotry and terribleness that I've seen so far on Twitter and the wrestling world, be better. Uh, I'm, I'm, look, Sonny Kiss, I've seen him, and he's worked really hard over the years, and he deserves this opportunity. Uh, clearly, Cody is just there to parade around that TNT championship, and I don't think that dude's ever going to lose it. It's going to be like a stupid, like, I think I'm eventually, I'm calling my shot right now, I think Cody Rhodes is creeping up into I don't like him territory. Oh, well, you are dead, Ron, but okay, I want to hear this. Cody Rhodes, in my opinion, is self-serving. And he is, he couldn't fucking, he, he got the whole point of, I can't win the world championship because, I, you know, nepotism and all that bullshit. So MJ, MJF fucked him out of the championship. So they have that whole thing. And then, so now they had to create a championship for him, which he'll probably never fucking lose. And when he does, it's probably going to be like six, to, six months to a year before he loses it. That's fine. Um, and so it, whatever. But it's just like he's going to be on television every week, giving people a chance, which again, which is what we want. But there's something about him where he's just like, I don't know, like I just there's something about it where it's like a smirk or or the way he's carrying himself. I don't know what it is, but I've been turned off by it, and it's just not for me anymore. And I think that it's just, I don't know, like I I fell in love with the guy when he left, and he was doing all this stuff on Ring of Honor and the Indies, and eventually when he started, and he had these amazing matches. Uh, you know, so he, he clearly, he, he is amazing, but I think right now, for some reason, him with that championship has really turned me off. Um, and I, I get why they're doing it and it makes perfect sense. And I have no reason to be upset about it, but there's something to be upset about. And I, I, I think it's really that he just, he loves the banner of being like a businessman. He loves the banner of being like, I'm, I'm working with TNT where WCW used to be. And like, I think 
he he fantasizes and loves his dad an awful lot, which everybody like you know loves their parents, and I appreciate that aspect of it. But he falls in love with nostalgia an awful lot, and I think he's 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 whining and dining in a lot of different ways that I'm just not thrilled with. And I don't know, like I, every match he's had so far with this championship, I have not been impressed. Oh, that is a cold take. I see. Really? I see. I enjoy these matches because it's like you said. It's like it's like those open challenges, which are not really open, but it's like he's picking people on the roster that people really like that don't get in opportunities and letting them shine, whether it's in a main event or a spot like this. Like I've never seen Sunny Kiss wrestle except for at the event that we went to because we saw him. It was in a Fatal Four Way, I think it was. Besides that, I don't think he's ever been on TNT in an actual match. He's always been on dark, and I don't always watch that. I pick and choose that. So this is an opportunity for him to shine on a thing they're promoting as like a pseudo pay-per-view. They did the same thing with Mark Quinn as a single star and uh, getting a shot at Cody, and I think you're going to see more of it, and that's why I love this. And I think you're missing the mark with the Cody thing is that this TNT title was a Tony Khan and TNT thing, and they're like – when I look at AEW, and when you look at AEW WrestleMania, there's two stars that shine brighter than the, uh, than the rest. It is Chris Jericho and it is Cody Rhodes, and it isn't close. No matter, like, as amazing as John Moxley is, he isn't the name brand that those two are. As amazing as Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and all these other guys are, they're not the name brand and at the level of these two, and that's why they stand out. So to not, so the, them, the reason why they want to do this is to put a championship on Cody because he's freaking Cody. That's just the way it is. It's, sure, is he smug? Yeah, that's why I always fell in love with Cody Rhodes because he's a cocky little shit. Is he better as a heel? Absolutely. And I think they're slowly building towards that. So I like that you're turning on him because it'll make it easier for when it happens. Maybe I'm just, I'm on board with the heel turn a lot quicker than everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I think know, a like, lot of, honestly, I think a lot of people are with you. I think it's a mix. I, like, I'll always love Cody no matter what. It's just like I always, like him and The Miz, like, kept me in wrestling, man. Like, those two, like, they're just, the, like, the stuff they did in, like, the mid-2000s uh, or, or early, late to whatever. They are just, it's... But it's, it's yeah, I think they're building towards an eventual heel turn. And I, I do think a lot of people share that. I know our boy DQ shares a lot of it. Oh, he's just going to give himself his own stuff. But I just, I think it's a double-edged thing where he tried to take himself out of it. But Tony Khan thinks Cody Rhodes is the greatest wrestler ever. And TNT obviously thinks a big deal. So I think that's why you're getting this mix of this championship being out there. And yeah, I do think he'll have it for six months to a year. But you know what, Nestlemania? When he loses it, I don't think you're going to be happy with who I think he loses it to. Yeah, I just—I don't know. There's something about it where I just feel like they could be doing it differently with him, and I'm hoping that it changes. I really do. I—I I, don't—I've I, always been a fan, but it's just recently. I don't know what it is. It's just I'm not—I'm not excited by it. I'm just not excited by it at all. So, you're, are you going to pick Sunny Kiss to win then? No. This was the it. longest prediction of all time. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, okay, so we're both picking Cody, but I will say when he does lose at WrestleMania, he's going to get screwed and Sean Spears is going to win that title. Book it. Mark it down. Write it down on your notes. Sean Spear will be the second ever TNT championship champion, and WrestleMania will cry. But we got to go to the main event yeah. now. Oh, yeah, you got what? You like that? <laughs> yep, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Singles match for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley, the champion, defends against Brian Cage with Taz. Will there be a new champion come Wednesday, WrestleMania? You're talking about people that have name brands like, you know, Sean Spears and Brian Cage. You know, those guys are going to fucking move the needle. So, Sean yeah. Spears more than go Brian fuck. Cage. Brian Cage is a human snore. Go fuck yourself, John Moxley. There it is. John Moxley wins. Yeah, do you think this match will be good or do you will think it will be like Moxley Hager and be the drizzling shits? I just, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like, either. But is Brian Cage good? I, I actually don't know. Is Brian Cage good? I don't know. Brian Cage, in my opinion, is a discount Keith Lee. That's really <laughs> what it comes down to. He, just, he does amazing things for his size, but we have so many people that are that big that do amazing things. But if you look like the Wolverine and you can't cut a promo and you got to have Taz come out and cut a promo for you, in my opinion... And you're never going to get to that next level. You're just not. And having him sniff the main event here is, to me, I think it's a it's a crock because there are so many other people like you want to give you want to give Sonny Kiss a chance. That's fine. Why not throw in somebody that deserves a shot, like you know a Joey Janela, or like give somebody that would like have a hardcore match or something like anything like that would be fine. I think they're just they're running out of people and they just like panicked and they're like, yeah, Brian Cage, he's really fucking good. People love him. He was an Impact champion for a couple of copies. Whatever, like, 
I don't know. I just, I'm not. I think Moxley has like a snake bit when it comes to championships. Honestly, like I think he's better without a championship. He's better without any, uh, you know, any prop really. I think he's just letting him go and do his own thing without being anywhere near the championship is probably best for him. So I want him to lose that championship as well because I'm just, I'm. I guess I'm just disenchanted with ADW right now. I don't. I don't see anything that I'm excited about besides Britt Baker. Like I just. I don't. I'm just not interested in any of it, you know. And I think that it has to do with uh, they're not changing it up. They're just kind of doing more of the same. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm glad you shouted out Britt Baker there because she's the best part of that show. But for me, I, I think it's more of an indictment on how they're booking it because I think Moxley would be fine. But the problem is his opponents should be Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Adam Page. Like it should MJF. Like it should be these top tier guys, which, like you said, aren't getting opportunities. Instead, we get fucking Brody Lee, who that gimmick is the drizzling shits. And now we get Brian Cage, a relative unknown who comes out of nowhere and gets it. I think... That's what's screwing Moxley over. I think once we start getting real opponents, I think his reign could be good, but they clearly don't want to do that without a crowd. I hate to tell you, AEW, I don't think you're going to have a real crowd anytime soon. So just try to make good content like WWE started doing. That's why NXT's beating you now. Sorry. But we got to go to Extreme Rules, right? The horror show, whatever the fuck it's called? Uh-huh. All right, so we got the horror show at Extreme Rules. Six matches booked as of now. I would expect there will be more, and like I said, check the website for those. We'll start off with the United States Championship match. Apollo Crews defends against um, Coming MVP. I believe earlier in WrestleMania, you said you got Apollo Crews? Yes, I do. What about you? I do as well, um, but I wouldn't be. I think an MVP win here, I wouldn't hate it just because he's been so good, but it should stay on Cruz. Next up, uh, we'll go to the eye for an eye match, which can only be won when one competitor extracts the eye of their opponent. Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. I laid out my hope, WrestleMania. I expect Seth Rollins to win. How about you? You know, you're probably right because the man can't lose two in a row, but God damn it, do I want him to lose in the worst way possible. Like, I just. I just want him to lose. I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to go for it. Mysterio. I like it. I like it. Next up, we have a Wyatt Swamp Fight match, which is not for the title. It is Braun Strowman versus uh, the former version of Bray Wyatt, uh, who raised Braun Strowman. And since WrestleMania, this doesn't have a title. I'd say it's pretty obvious to expect that Bray Wyatt's going to win and set up a match between Braun Strowman and The Fiend at SummerSlam. Yeah, like I laid out in my hope a couple of weeks ago, I just want, you know, Braun Strowman to kind of, like, be dragged into the swamp and you don't know where he is for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I, I, You know what? I'm going to actually say, scratch it. I'm not going to pick Bray. I'm not going to pick anybody. I'm going to say this ends in some type of fucking buffoonery. I'm going to say schmoz. Give me a schmoz. <laughs> I like it. I like Write it. Write it down. It's a schmoz. I like it. Uh, next up, we have a single match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship in a who cares of the card. Bailey defends against Nikki Cross. Give me Bailey. Yeah, if it's not Bailey, don't break it, right? Like, so just, you know, it is what it is, folks. Uh, Bailey all the way until we find something better, which we won't. Yep. Next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship match, which is probably along with uh, the Eye for the Eye match, the match I'm most excited for. Asuka defends against the boss, Sasha Banks. Nestlemania. Does uh, Sasha become Sasha Dose Straps or whatever they want to call her? So there's two, there's two lines of thought here, right? Like, so if we're not being in front of crowds for a while, are they going to fucking prolong this for a while and let them have it? Uh, or are they going to finally pull the trigger on it and have, you know, Sasha Banks go, well, fuck, I didn't beat Oscar. I'm just going to go beat Bailey. You know, like, they could go two different ways with it. So uh, I don't see it unraveling just yet, but I think that Oscar's, I don't know. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going to say Sasha Banks wins by DQ. Ooh, interesting. Uh, well, I am going to pick Asuka to win, even though I did lay out my hope, I believe, two weeks ago of how I wanted Sasha to win. I think Asuka's going to retain this championship. I don't think Bailey's going to, like, purposefully try to cost her, but I think it's going to be more of, like, the tease of something's going to happen and just continue to build the resentment between Sasha and Bailey. Even if they don't pull it at SummerSlam, I think we're still going to get these nuggets along the way, so I will pick Asuka as my pick. Uh, next up, I don't know if this will be the main event. Probably not, but uh, the TBD match for the WWE Championship. Dolph Ziggler will challenge Drew McIntyre. He has not picked the stipulation yet, so WrestleMania will obviously do the pick, but for funsies, what do you think the stipulation is going to be? I have a feeling it's going to be something bizarre. Like, maybe it's not even Dolph Ziggler. Hey. Like, maybe he has a substitute. Like, maybe he has a substitute. Lashley? Jinder Mahal, maybe? 
the stipulation is that Jinder Mahal is now challenging for the WWE Championship. Yeah, exactly. That is, I would prefer that in the film. Honestly, it's probably it's probably gonna be something stupid like it's just like the Claymore is gonna be like you can't use it. You know what I mean? Like that's gonna be. The oh yeah, it will probably be something like that, right? That's not a bad point. So that that's the way I would see it. It's like the Claymore is definitely not gonna fucking happen. I don't know if that's an extra point or not, but that that that's the way I would go about it. I think that's just for funsies because you know you never know what'll happen uh, going forward here. But I'm assuming you're gonna pick Drew like I am. I don't think Drew McIntyre is going to lose to somebody like Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would agree with that as well, uh, especially because on the horizon, what we could have at SummerSlam, I think, is very exciting. But uh, that's all that's booked for now, Nestlemania. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a SmackDown Tag Team Championship, or like we said, maybe they do Hardy Sheamus here, or if there's something with the Raw Tag Teams or some shit. I'm sure there'll be a few more added. But uh, until we know them, that's all we can do. So uh, do you have anything else here before we get out of here? Jesus, have we talked a long time. No, let's get this over with. Take us home. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, enjoy us. Uh, thank you for joining us. I got caught in the mouth now. I can't talk. I'm so tired. Um, you're going to have to edit that out, I guess. I'll start over. Thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker. We will be back next week with more Jobber Knockery.